our prayer this morning, even as we have poured our hearts to you, have your way in our lives, have your way in our homes, have your way in our families, have your way in our county, have your way in our nation, have your way in our relationships, have your way in our businesses, have your way in our plans, have your way, King of glory. And today we are back because we believe we are open to your word today. We open our hearts to you. Speak to us, dear God. Instruct us in the way that we should go. Enlighten our path. And I surrender myself to you, God, because it's not about me. It is all about you. And therefore, God, I decrease that you may increase this day. And to you be all the praise. And to you be all the glory forever and ever. Come on, church. Appreciate the King, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. As the worship team take their seats, I take this opportunity to even welcome those that are uh, on the live stream service this morning. We appreciate you. And today, the Lord is here to minister to us in a very special way. The title of our series, because it's going to be a series, uh, some of these things that God wants to do in our lives cannot just happen at one sitting. We've got to keep hearing and hearing and move by the instruction as the word progresses in our lives. No longer slaves to shame. And that's the pronouncement from the Lord in this year of rebuilding that there is no, you are no longer a slave to shame. You know, in an, as an introduction to this series, um, we begin by looking at an old, the oldest and the wisest man that ever lived in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 to 3, in King James Version, the Bible says, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. God is a God of order. Things just don't happen. He created time and seasons. There is a time for everything. And it's up to you and I to know which season it is. Verse 11, a New Living Translation of the same chapter. The Bible says, Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. Everything beautiful. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to the end. Everything about you, he has planted destiny in your heart. But we cannot see everything. That's why we trust him. We rely on his voice. He instructs us as per the season. And in this season, it's a season 
for rebuilding. The Bible says also, from what we have read, that some things are done by him immediately. But some take time. He may not do it instantly, but in its time, everything has its time. He does things. He will perfect that which concerns you. Everything about you. He will perfect it in its time. And in that, there is a most suitable time for it. He makes all things beautiful. So don't be impatient. Uh, don't be impatient with God. Because those things you are asking him, there is no dustbin in heaven. There is a time for them. Glory to God. 2021, this year, is a time and a season for rebuilding. A time when God ordered us to refurbish, to renovate, to restructure our lives as the Lord instructed us in the prophetic message of 2021. There are things that God ordered to be changed in our lives. Things that required to be uprooted, to be demolished, to be pulled down, to be overturned, to be debunked from our memories in order for a new season to get to you. There are strongholds that stand as obstacles, barriers, hindrances, oppositions that stop you and mock you and frustrate you that, that must go in the year of rebuilding. There are things in your life that speak into your mind, convincing you that you are a failure, that you are a good for nothing, that you are stuck in life, that things can never change. Those are hindrances. They are barriers. They are obstacles. In the seasons of rebuilding, God has commanded them to be uprooted. Now, some of these things are conditions, circumstances. They have always been there since you were born and almost convinced you that this is the way things will always be. But I have good news for you. There is a God in heaven who changes times and seasons. Glory to God. Nothing is too hard for God. Nothing is too difficult for him. Do not look back at your life and give up because his word is true. As Isaiah prophesied and recorded in Isaiah 55 verse 10 to 11 in NIV version, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and, and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Glory to God. So when God said it's rebuilding time, 
when he says, I will uproot some things from you, when he says, I will deal with it, I will, I will, I will, um, I will um, renovate, I will restructure your life, he would do exactly that. Glory. God said, in 2021, he's rebuilding your life. That which tore, that which broke, that which disconnected, that which was ruined, that which dis dis disintegrated, that which was dismantled, will be put together again. Glory to God. He is rebuilding your life. He is restoring what the devil stole. He is revisiting his promise. He is repaying you double for your trouble. He is opening new doors for you. He is blessing you with new businesses. He is changing your name. Do you believe? I believe. Now, you know, they used to call you Jamawa Kawaida. Hmm? Eh? They used to call you Jamawamta. Oh, they thought they knew your beginning. They thought they knew your future. But there is a God in heaven who changes times and seasons. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that your times are in the hands of God and not in the hands of a man? Because if our destiny, if your destiny was in the hands of man, some of us would never qualify. Some of us would never, ever qualify for anything. But God, who is gracious in mercy and, gracious and, and full of love, he has made all things beautiful for you. I tell you this day, and I confidently say that your story is changing. Uh, I say this to you. I say your story is changing. You know, concerning the word of God, you've got to receive and conceive it in your spirit. It's got to, you must receive. The Bible says the word of God is the incorruptible word of God. So your story is changing. My story is changing. Come on, open your mouth through those masks and shout to the principalities and to the powers that be. My story is changing. Woo! Ha. There are statements that shake the kingdom of, of the devil. I tell you, your story is changing. Their story is changing. It doesn't matter what they wrote down. God, with his finger, he can rub everything and make all things new because of you. One more time, my story. Yeah. You better enjoy the season. The season of rebuilding. Can you imagine when a building had been built and now it needs to be renovated and is being refurbished? It looks exactly new. That's the story of your life. One more time, my story is changing. Ha. So when you meet somebody on the street this week, tell them when they're saying hi, you tell them my story. My story is changing. Tell them what they knew about you 
is about to be your past. And God no dwell in the past. God does not dwell in the past. Tell them, you can keep my history. You know, God doesn't need your history. God doesn't need your history. So the devil is the one who uses your history to remind you and to condemn you. But the Lord says, behold, I do a new thing. You better embrace the season in the name of the Lord. Glory to God, your season and your story is changing. You know, there are people who thought that you were going to remain in the same place that they left you. But sorry, the season is about to change. And this is a season to break the shackles of bondage. It's a season to uproot. You know, there are, these are seasons and times that Satan cannot take it because he's about to lose souls. People, people, there are people that are bound because, by shackles. That's why they don't come to the kingdom. But I tell you, when you begin as a child of God to break those shackles, you are losing souls that are in the, the, into the kingdom of God. So we are putting shame, glory. The dictionary des describes shame as a situation that brings a loss of respect or honor. Shame is an a regrettable or unfortunate situation or action. Shame is also a, a cause that makes you feel inadequate. There is a difference between shame and embarrassment. You know, we know embarrassment. Embarrassment is simple. You are eating and then you are talking. You know, there are people who, you better be careful. There are people when you are young, you are taught uh, etiquette. You do not eat well, do not talk when you are eating. And uh, there are people that uh, when they are talking and eating at the same time, something goes wrong. Anyway, embarrassment comes when you are laughing at the, and you are so joyful, and then the person next to you tells you, you have a green spinach between your teeth. No, no. And you have been walking and opening your mouth loud. No, those are just embarrassing situations. But they are mild. Embarrassment is very mild compared to shame. Or perhaps you are in class as a student and you thought that you knew the answer. So with a loud voice, you answer very ridiculously and the whole class laughs at you. That is a very embarrassing moment, you know? And many others that you know better than I. Or maybe better still, a man, a husband, a man is coming out of his house very early in the morning, it is dark. And then he thought that uh, uh, gray sock looked like uh, the, the black one on the other foot. <laughs> so when he gets to, at 8 a.m. to the office or somewhere, it's when he realizes that he wore two different pairs of... Those are embarrassing moments. But shame is on another level. Shame is deeper. We feel ashamed uh, when we fall short of a moral standard. Shame is a barrier, a hindrance and an obstacle to destiny. And shame enslaves Shame is a negative energy that goes with you wherever you go. There is no hiding from shame. And there are four types of shame that we are going to be dealing with in this series. So this day I'm just uh, laying a foundation of what we'll be looking at. Shame that you inherited from 
your family, first family, Adam and Eve. There is a shame that we inherited from Adam and Eve. The second level of shame is the shame that is, was passed on to you through generational cycles and, you, and, has, and, um, and have been passed to you from your parents and now you're about to pass it on to your children. If you don't arise and break the shackles of bondage in your family bloodline. The third level of shame, it was put on you forcefully, forcefully, through molestation, through rape, through acts of violence. There are things that can be done to you and whenever it is mentioned, the pain, the pain, it kind of just stagnates you. You will never move. There are people who never move from that kind of trauma. And the fourth level of shame is shame you, person, you personally opened the door, perhaps through unfaithfulness in your marriage or things that you did that no one has never known. You have never spoken to anybody, but they bring shame to you. Now in this four-part series, we shall be dealing with the shackles of shame in your life for the purpose of dismantling, uprooting, breaking, destroying, to set you on the path of freedom, which Jesus already paid the ultimate price for. Once and for all, your freedom has already been paid for. Now, in this part one, we shall look at where did shame come from, the origin of shame. Now, the origin of shame is found in the book of beginnings. The first family or the first marriage is found right there. Adam and Eve lived in a perfect world. They, are, they had everything you can ever dream. If somebody told you to dream of what you would love to see, that's what they had. They had everything, resources, the best sceneries in the whole world, and, and knowledge. Adam had knowledge to name animals, and what he named the animal is what that animal is named today. He said, that's elephant, Ndovu, Jogu, you know. I mean, that is the name. It has never changed. Now, the Bible says in Genesis 2, 25, NIV version, the Bible says, Adam and his wife were both naked and felt no shame. There is a time when in this world that we live in, there was no shame at all. The, the man and the woman, Adam and Eve, were naked. Can you imagine? Naked, but there was no shame. Then something happened. The enemy came into the garden and held a conversation with Eve. And you know, Satan assignment is to steal, kill, and destroy. In the same way Satan came to Eve, is the same way to death he comes to you. He comes to you. The same way. And so he comes and he holds a conversation with Eve. And you know that Satan has no authority over your life. He has no power 
to force, to force himself to you. Satan comes in through an open door only. On through an open door. So the Bible says that the serpent was cunning. And he used his cunningness um, to trick Eve. And he even used scripture. He said, if you eat that tree, you won't die, but you will be like God. So Eve is having this conversation. She knows it should stop now, but she allows it to continue. Instantly, she forgets about what God had said about that tree. And she adopts what Satan has said. Bible says, the serpent is cunning. I mean, I want to ask you, have you ever found yourself in a conversation or a chat or a text or a call that continues and it's taking a certain trajectory or it's taking a certain direction? You ought to stop, but you continue. And that conversation takes you to compromise. That's what happens to this uh, woman. The Bible says in Genesis 3, 7, then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. God in his gracious, graciousness provided us with an opportunity to deal with hindrances and cycles of bondage and obstacles that stand between us and our blessing this year of rebuilding our lives. Because what you don't deal with will deal with you. What you don't stop will stop you. What you don't break away from will put you in bondage. What you do not free yourself from will enslave you. Shame is a door the enemy opens. Shame is not a kingdom attribute whatsoever. It does not belong to the kingdom of God. As soon as Adam and Eve ate the fruit from the forbidden tree, they suddenly knew something was wrong. They were gripped with fear of being found out. Fear of being exposed. Imagine earlier, they, have all, they had always been naked. From, we, we, the Bible doesn't tell us how long, but we imagine it must have been years. But suddenly, they now know there's something that is wrong. And they were aware that their lives will, are no longer the same. They were no longer confident. They were afraid. They became timid. And they had lost something. My brothers and my sisters this afternoon, shame attacks your self-identity. You no longer walk straight. How does that happen? Through the lies, you know, shame lies to you that you are no longer worthy, that which causes you to walk with your head down. And this one is a major cause of depression that leads to successful suicides. Many people kill themselves because of shame 
shame. You take your life. You can't imagine living again. Shame. Shame pushes you into isolation. How does it do that? It puts fear into you. It changes who you socialize with. You suddenly, because of shame, you change even your friends. And you, and, and, and you look for people. You, you, you don't want to stay with people where you feel like you're being condemned. But you, you, you change and you get away from those people where you feel, I mean, you're uncomfortable in their presence. And it causes you to spend time alone, behind emojis, behind Twitter, behind Facebook. You know, you're not, you are there on that page, but you're not with people. And look at the people, how many of our young people, right on the page. And then they said, and they tell you that, and they say that they are, they are going to, they are dying. And they say Goodbye. And, and I've seen people react and say, oh, they wish they had, they had taken, you know, trouble. But you don't know the person. He's faceless. You have 5,000 friends. Those are not friends. Many people have following on Twitter. But they are lonely. They are dying with depression. Even celebrities shame shame enslaves your memory by repeating in your mind over and over and over what you did and continues to lie to you lying that you are finished that you are nothing that you are done People will know. You are, they will all know. You, you know, out there, just lying to you. And you are stuck forever. You cannot move beyond that mistake that took place. And you judge yourself harshly. This is what happened to Adam and Eve. Shame attacked their identity. And before this incidence, uh, incident happened... They looked forward to being in God's presence. God came at the cool of the day to fellowship. They were always with him. But after this, they are hiding. They are running away from him. They would rather isolate themselves. Shame is not found in your spirit. Shame is found in your soul. And what is comprised in your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, your imaginations. That means shame dominates feelings. It's only in the feelings realm. Okay. What will they say? Oh my God. Shame is a feeling that something is wrong with me. Sh feeling. Sh not the truth. Feeling. Shame is not something we are excited, even want to invite people. Or you write the way you write on Facebook, you know, look at me. When you are, there's shame. You even disappear. 
from Facebook. Shame is a painful emotion which comes about when we evaluate ourselves and conclude that we have fallen short of a moral standard that is set by ourselves or the society or even the church of Jesus. Shame puts you in bondage. Shame is a social emotion which comes about, you know, and, and, and it follows you socially. You even become, you know, you are in an emotional wreck because of shame. Several people in the Bible were bound by shackles of shame. And could it be the reason, Pastor Noah, that we wear masks because of shame? You brought out that message very powerfully. We must not allow ourselves to be enslaved by anything. Jesus paid the ultimate price for your freedom. We must not allow ourselves to be enslaved by shame. Galatians 5.1, the Bible says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves to be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. That scripture there tells us it is in our power. God has given us, has opened the door for us to deal with shame. You know, Jesus went through the worst shame ever in the history of mankind. An innocent man hung naked. You know, they show the picture because we honor him. No one can ever put him in any picture or in any movie the way he was. He took your shame. He nailed it on the cross. But Satan, the cunning serpent, causes us to be stuck in our past and we can't move because of the shame. They say Shindwe, that's how they say it in our culture. In the season of rebuilding, there is an anointing a grace, a divine opportunity to strip shame off your life in whichever form it is. Whether it is deeply rooted in your bloodline or something happened to you, you know, that from that day, the shame has been written on your forehead. Whatever it is, or it is something you did, and you have never forgiven yourself. It's time to break that shackle. I want us to look at a scripture that we'll be looking at every time when we, look, we go through this, this uh, series, First John chapter 3.20, as we conclude this uh, part one series. First John 3.20, in New Living Translation, the Bible says, even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings. And he knows everything. Woo! Right there. Even if 
we feel guilty. God is greater than those feelings. And he knows everything. Imagine he knows everything and he still wants you. He still loves you. He still believes in you. He's still calling you. And he knows everything. He knows what you did. Do not allow guilt to condemn you because it's not over. Some parents condemn themselves because of the way their children turned out. Some business people condemn themselves because of the way their businesses turned out. Some people condemn themselves for a decision they made in the past that they believe affected their entire lives. Some people condemn themselves because of the way their marriage um, failed. Some condemn themselves for the death of a loved one. They think they did not do enough. Some condemn themselves because of the way they performed in school. Can you imagine the last time you did Form 4? was like 20 years ago. You are still stuck at the grade you got. And how many know God, God will bless you despite your grade? Some condemn themselves because of choosing the wrong career. Some condemn themselves because of being unmarried. Others condemn themselves for being married. Some condemn themselves for contracting diseases or medical conditions that cause emotional wounds that haunt them day and night. Some condemn themselves for the families they were born into and the list is endless. Hear me, in this season of rebuilding, the Lord is saying to you, I know everything. Right there, that should set you free. Right there, there's an anointing for freedom to break away from every form of captivity. He knows everything. He doesn't condemn you. He knows everything. He doesn't judge you. He knows everything and he's making a way for you. He knows everything and his promise over your family will never fail. God says when he saves one, he has saved an entire household. There is no way your children can die in this world when they are not born again. He knows everything. And he still wants you. And he still loves you. And he's still calling on you. He knows your downsitting. He knows your uprising. It had, he also knows that that thing had nothing to do with you. He also knows what they accuse you of. He also knows that where you are innocent. He also knows where you are guilty. But in this season of rebuilding, 
He's giving you a second chance. Come on, put your hands up together and appreciate the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Glory! When we learn to celebrate the Lord like that, I tell you, we begin to shake the kingdom of darkness. Well, with the chains that he has held you, they begin to break and to break because the season of rebuilding is also a season of demolishing. It is a season of tearing down. It is a season of uprooting. It is a season of dismantling. It is a season of anything that the devil built around your life. It is a season to kick it down. There is a kicking anointing. Woo! And bring down the walls of containment. He knows everything. And he still loves you. And he's calling you. And he's saying, he's going to give you a second chance. That thing is not worth you thinking that you are done. That you are worthless. That God cannot do it again. He did it before. He would do it again. He did it before. He would do it again. You gave birth to that business. You can give birth again. In the name of the Lord. And he's in the season of this rebuilding. He's visiting the dreams that you buried. There's, personally, I have things that I've just put there. I don't, I know every time I, I go to touch what I'm supposed to do and then it doesn't work. It is like I put it and I bury in, the, in, a, in a box of shame. But in this season, he's rebuilding our lives again. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we give you thanks. We give you thanks. You know us by our names. You know us by our situations. You know the things that, we are, that bring shame to us. You know the things that we are unable to rise up again to do, God. But in this season of rebuilding, you are visiting us with a new anointing. An anointing to demolish an anointing to destroy the shackles of bondage and to destroy anything that enslaves our feelings, our emotions, and our mind. And you have released an anointing for freedom, the freedom for which Jesus, you died such a painful death. We receive and embrace freedom. We receive and embrace freedom. Those shackles, it doesn't matter whether they are generational, Oh, the shackles of, enslavery, of enslavement, the shackles of bondage, oh, the shackles of defeat, shackles of alcoholism, shackles of immorality, oh, shackles of early death, premature death. Oh, in the name of the Lord, in this season of rebuilding, we are rousing, arising with a new anointing, with the Spirit of God that is upon our lives. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the enemy. And we are setting our children free. We are setting our husbands free. We are setting our lives free from the shackles of slavery. And we speak freedom. 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 
freedom, freedom, freedom to come to Jesus, freedom to live again, freedom to set the captives free. And we give you praise, Abba Father. Walk with us in this month of June as you visit every family, as you turn our lives around, and as you demonstrate your power that is within us. And to you be all the praise. Come on, church, one more time. Appreciate the freedom. Hey, glory. Glory, 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 glory. Amen and amen.